0: Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm Laurel Boyven, here with my co-host, Laurel Holland. Thank you for joining us as we dive into how doing your inner work or the beautiful work is the amazingly effective pathway to creating the life of your dreams. Our hope is to inspire you to explore who you are, who you want to become, and what you want to do with this one precious life, because when you change the world changes. And when you do your inner work or the beautiful work, you make the world a more beautiful place for all of us.
1: Welcome back to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life. We're so grateful that you're here with us. If you're celebrating Thanksgiving this week, we're very much going to be appreciating you this week and uh, thanking you for being in our lives. And we are super grateful today because we have another beautiful guest to share with you today, don't we, Laurel?
0: We do. I'm really excited about this one.
1: Yeah. So this is a, a, somebody that you've connected with. So tell our listeners a little bit about your, your connection here, and then we'll pass it out for Terry to introduce herself.
0: Yeah. Sure. So Terry Hamilton, Terry and I are members in a women entrepreneur community in New Hampshire, and we both live in New Hampshire. Um, and we are both coaches. And I knew that Terry would be a wonderful guest on our podcast. She brings mindfulness, meditation, and coaching work um, in kind of the same way that we do to the world. So, uh, with that, I'll love to introduce Terry Hamilton to our listeners. And, um, Terry, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Welcome, Terry. Sure. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction to both of you. I'm really excited to be here. I call myself a mindfulness and positive mindset coach. I originally started as an elementary school teacher, and then I decided to go back to school and get my master's degree in counseling, but decided that I didn't want to do um, trauma work so that I would become a guidance counselor to school, which I absolutely loved, And I did that for three years and decided I did not have enough time to be with the parents, the teachers, or the children. So that's when I had the brainstorm of starting a business. And I called it a parent connection for that connection between children and their parents, which I think is so incredibly powerful. And during my journey, I found mindfulness and its positive impact on children of all ages and adults also. And as I continue to learn, I added positive mindset, because I truly believe that our brains can make good choices. And when we pause and take the time, miraculous things happen. Mm, now,
1: that's so beautiful.
0: Laurel, now you know why I thought that having being in this space with the two of you was going to be such a treat for me and our listeners
1: I know I know we haven't talked a lot about mindfulness we had one episode where I had a guest from um, one of our beautiful organizations here in Richmond um, Virginia and she talked a little bit about mindfulness and I feel like it's a topic that we probably should try to make an effort to bring in a little bit more Laurel because it's so potent and today's topic for our for our listeners let's introduce it uh, officially and then we'll kind of get into some some peripheral things as well is um, healthy relationships health, healthy boundaries healthy relationships and we thought that, this week of Thanksgiving, in particular, you know, I know a lot of people struggle, you know, coming back into maybe connection with family that they're not used to or necessarily don't have the best relationships with, and um, and I know, you know, for me, uh, you know, my family of origin, and and the work of doing setting new boundaries is is really a challenging place to be but it also makes all the difference in the world in terms of being able to show up more authentically and feel more comfortable and really enjoy you know experiences with with family so um i felt like today would be a great day for us to like maybe you know help our listeners a little bit with some tips and some ideas about um, ways to 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 make some small changes around boundaries with with family with um, friends and um, and use mindfulness i think is one of the one of the best tips to begin with right (laughs) god that's the that pause is huge right
0: it is huge and one of the things i think about often is you know this time of of thanksgiving being with our families with ourselves you know and you talk about new boundaries but i often think maybe our boundaries should be allowed to shift and change as much as we're allowed to shift and change, right through our lifetime. Um, we're different every year at Thanksgiving. I'm a, a new version of myself, right? Um, and so, how can we maintain healthy relationships with our within our own integrity or with our integrity in mind? And maybe that's through mindfulness.
2: I would love to say that mindfulness can be a huge huge benefit to all involved because being mindful is really being aware in the moment and if you just take a couple of breaths perhaps before you walk into the home that you're going to or a couple of breaths before your guests start to arrive and you imagine that it's going to be a beautiful day it's a day of thanksgiving a day of gratitude so if you put that in the forefront of your brain that that's what you're expecting it's much more possible that that is what you're going to see and receive so really mindfulness is is so simple not always easy but really simple by just saying okay Here I am, I'm grounded, feet on the floor, take a couple of cleansing breaths and enjoy what's coming into your home or wherever you're going, bring that joy with you.
1: I love that, Terry, about, um, and that positive mindset, that idea of setting in your mind, right? You deciding in your mind that you want it to be a day of gratitude, that you want to make it a beautiful experience and that you will do what you can to set that tone right that's that's so because oftentimes if we're if we're worried about what's going to happen or we're worried about how we're going to react like that's the mindset we go into with right rather than the mindset you just described so that in and of itself is a really potent um tip and change that we can bring in
0: and it applies no matter what day it is i mean we're talking about you know being with family and holidays and maybe Thanksgiving. And um, I had an experience not that long ago where I was going to an event. It was a networking event. I was going in what I wanted to be a professional capacity. And, and Laurel knows the story already. Mm-hmm. But I was invited as a guest of my husband's company. Um, and I struggled for a couple days of, you know, in what relationship am I showing up? What capacity am I showing up? How do I maintain who I want to be, how I want to show up? While my husband is there, a very different relationship than the professional capacity that I felt I wanted to be present in. And once I decided who I was going to show up as and why, and I expressed those, you know, my expectations and my boundaries and my needs to all involved, I was able to show up in that way. And it was just a beautiful evening. But it wouldn't have been if I wasn't mindful of kind of the dilemma I was facing and Mm this and decisive on how I wanted to show up and the kind of experience I wanted to have. So uh, this applies this topic. With healthy healthy relationships and healthy boundaries, it's a everyday occurrence in my life.
2: <laughs> I love that laurel. It truly is. It can be used in so many situations. Um, one of the things that I often tell my clients is when you notice something that affects you in a in a way that um, is disconcerting or you see someone saying something or hear them saying something that doesn't that jars you a little bit. A great way to handle that is to say to yourself, that's interesting. I wonder why that's interesting. It takes that and puts a softening agent between the two of you. It's a buffer that it's not about me. It's about whatever is going on in that person's life. And I consider that a really healthy boundary is that I can look at them and say, I have no idea what's going on in their lives and what is being thought of at the time, but not to engage with it when you pause and you say, hmm, that's interesting. It really does shift your awareness over to them. And so you don't become visceral in your response.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or you can begin to manage the visceral response that might have, like, been reacted, you know, come up immediately. And, you know, we just did an episode talking about the four agreements, right? One of the agreements is don't take anything personally. And I feel like that's such a powerful agreement because just for the reason that you're talking about, you know, to be able to... Have that response where you're feeling like, oh, you know, all of your cells are now vibrating or whatever, and then to be able to just sit quietly, take a breath, and say, "It's not about me; it's about them." Right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? I wonder how they got there. I wonder why they think that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love
0: the combination, Terry, of the words that's interest, the interesting and the wonder. Right? Mm -hmm. And I talk with clients about this a lot. Is yeah. Can you imagine being curious every step of the way and how that that wonder does change things for you um, yeah, so it's so good
1: wow yeah. i mean if somebody if we just go in with that tip. Right as like that's the thing that I'm going to do throughout my whole afternoon or evening or whatever that that could save the day for everybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you <laughs> could send out a memo. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, so great. it it
0: reminds me. Uh, uh, for a couple of years, I worked in government relations, and I had to observe. I had to go and attend legislative hearings, and the way that I stayed calm, no matter what policy and decisions they were talking about, I would go into hearings with a mindset that I was a sociology major, watching humans interact. And it neutralized all of my opinions and my reaction. And it was that same thing of, hmm, this is interesting. Look at how these humans are interacting.
1: That's (laughs) a healthy
2: boundary. (laughs) Such a healthy boundary, right? Mm Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Enough about that. Yeah. Well,
1: I want to, Terry, I know that some of the work that you do focuses on, um, you know, people that are feeling overwhelmed with life or feeling like there's just too much going on. And I, and I feel like this, this idea of healthy boundaries, healthy relationships, we could probably say healthy boundaries, healthy relationships, healthy life, (laughs) all like are connected. Right. And so another way to begin to think about boundaries too, is, like the boundaries that you have in your own life so that you so that you aren't showing up overwhelmed, exhausted, distraught because there's been so much going on or too much to do, right? So can you tell us a little bit about some of the strategies maybe that you use with people or some suggestions that you make around that um, that might help our listeners a little bit?
2: Absolutely. One of the things that is very easy and doesn't take much time when you are feeling overwhelmed is to step out into nature. And it doesn't have to be for any length of time, even a minute when you get outside and you are literally grounded on the ground it changes the way you breathe, it changes the cells in your body. And you can take in a couple of nice deep breaths, you can look at the beautiful colors, you can take a moment to listen to the sounds. And just really what you're doing is becoming present and aware. And when you do that, your nervous system calms down. And so if you're having a frenzied day for any for any reason, Is just to take those couple of steps and people will say, well, I don't have time. It's not a length of time. It's just actually doing it. So if you only have a minute, that minute is well worthwhile to go out and become grounded and just really become aware of the sensations in your body and allow that calm to come over you.
1: That's great. Yeah, that's great. I I was thinking, you know, Terry, when you said that before you before you go on to something else was the idea of, you know, we we do sometimes think, oh, I don't even have time to walk outdoors. I'm in such a hurry, but or I have so much to do in in this moment. But I think that's a story we tell ourselves, don't you? I mean, we all can make a, a 30 second detour outside or two minute detour outside if we really want to.
2: Yeah. And the thing of it is, it really saves us lots of time because when our brains are frenzied, we're not focusing and we're not clear headed. So we're really not making progress on whatever it is that we're trying to do. So when you have that moment or that minute or those two minutes to just clear your head, then that is really helpful. If you absolutely can't get outside, then you're in a a place where you can't. If you just close your eyes and imagine nature you get a similar effect that's why you see pictures of nature everywhere like in doctor's offices you see nature and plants and those types of things because nature nurtures and so even imagining that you're in that space if you can't actually physically get out um, which I think normally we can but if say you're in a car ride and you just Mm -hmm. you know you want to focus on something that's that's of nature so that's really and breathing i mean that the absolute thing that you always have with you is your breathing and so put your hand on your chest and just notice and as you start to notice and you take a deeper breath it absolutely you can feel your body relax yeah yeah
1: and uh, you know i love that uh uh, you know, when I was first trying to remember mindful breathing and and to use my breath to help me self soothe and let go and not be caught up in the whirl of my my endless mind chatter, I I actually had like a, a a sticky note you know that said breathe and I had it around the house. I put it in multiple places at the beginning to remind me. I had it in my car dashboard. Um, somebody at, at, uh, where I was working at the time actually gave me a rock that had breathe carved into it. Cause I know I talked about it so much, you know, um, but yeah, right. I know, I know. Terry's holds up a rock that says breathe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, you know, we all, if it's hard to remember these things, you know, what are the prompts that help us? Right. And so we, at the beginning, sometimes it is hard to change these habits, but we can find these little techniques that help us. Um, support the kind of change that we want yeah
2: absolutely and you laugh because i held i did hold up up a, a smooth stone that says breathe on it and i refer to this as a calming stone so for a listener um, if you take any smooth rock and you put it between your thumb and your fingers and you rub it, it's actually sending signals to your brain to calm down. And so it could be a smooth rock from the ocean. It could be one that you got at a craft fair. Whatever is smooth and causes you to have that mo- motion, it's there's acupressure points at the tips of your fingers in your body without even knowing it starts to calm down. So uh, yeah, I'm a firm believer in calming stones too. Beautiful. Find a little smooth stone, put it in your
1: pocket, take it with you, bring it to the table. (laughs) (laughs) That's great.
0: It's such a nice reminder that there are so many tools that we have access to to help us calm, right? To remind us. And I had a conversation with a client recently who you know, it lives in a major city in the U.S. and doesn't have access to nature the way that I do in New Hampshire. Um, and my suggestion to her was: if physically you can't be in nature, you know, listen to birds singing on an app. Right? Find the noise of ocean sounds or a running stream—something that pulls you back into nature. Because I do think our bodies are are wired. Even if we can't physically be in nature, you know, when we hear the sounds or the, I, I sometimes coach on what I call aromatherapy, right? It's If, if it is um, the smell of chocolate chip cookies that calms you, or if it's, you know, the, the flowers that your grandmother used to have, strawberries is another one that strawberries kind of bring up this sense of, of peace and calm for some people like bring that scent into your home even if it's artificial it helps your body to calm down and so i love that you talked about that with with the stone terry it's really nice
2: and thanksgiving is such a wonderful time to really enjoy yeah. those aromas right there's so many awesome ones so if you're if you're struggling you can just concentrate on the smell like just concentrate okay. on it yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Terry, people that are,
1: um, you know, in families where there's, you know, struggle with teenage stuff going on. I know you do a lot of work in that area. Any ideas and thoughts for some parents, you know, around setting healthy boundaries, develop, you know, really working to promote healthy relationships in that
2: kind of way? I think my number one word for relationships with parents and children is respect. And so when you show your children respect, no matter what age they are, it's what you're expecting to get back. And very often parents are talking what I say down to the children because they feel like they are the authority and that they need to teach them these lessons. But I think the best lesson is when you actually, depending on the size of the child, you get down to their level and you're speaking to them with a calm voice because that's what you want from them. So if you want that, you give that. And the same with teenagers. If you talk to them about boundaries and respect, you're more likely to get that back. And that was a rule in my home was that you can tell me anything, but you need to do it respectfully. And I was fortunate to have two boys that grew up and have been always very respectful. We don't agree on everything. (laughs) Parents and children have different viewpoints. That's what makes us different. But as long as we can be respectful and really know that they are looking at life from a different perspective than we are, And so once again, we can say, well, that's interesting. (laughs) I wonder why. And not necessarily address something in the middle of a family dinner, right? Let's let's enjoy the the time that we have together as a family. And if something is is really bothering us, to take that as a private conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. I feel like... um... One of the things, too, that I found helpful when my kids were growing up, too, was this idea of if I was going to start doing things differently than I had been before, is even just talking about that ahead of time. Um, And I guess that's really a sign of respect,
2: too, isn't it? Absolutely absolutely, right. This is this is the way I've done it, and this is the way I'm changing. I just want you to be aware. So then we bring that awareness, which comes back to mindfulness, right? We're making everybody aware of what's going on in the present, not the way it was done before, but the way we're going to do it from now, and to get their feedback. It doesn't mean that you're going to do it their way. It just you get a feel for, oh, they might think that's a fabulous idea, or they may have something in addition to add that will be very useful to you. So I really think it's respect and open communication. Yeah, I think
1: it's interesting, too, because I always found the kids uh, had um, had usually pretty good ideas about how to make things work better if the conversation was about that, right? Right. Yeah, and we opened it up to them too.
2: Absolutely. Right. Everybody wants to be heard. It doesn't matter how old we are, right? We want to be heard. It doesn't mean everybody's going to agree with us. But just being a witness to that and allowing their voice um, is really an important part. And once again, what I consider very respectful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and and if you combine that with the um, not taking anything personally, right? That, you know, one of the four agreements, oftentimes, as a parent, I've been known to do this, you know, I may say in my mind, oh, that's interesting. I wonder. And sometimes the wonder is, what did I do wrong? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, that when I think, you know, especially as a parent, or in any relationship, it could be my relationship, as a wife, as a sister, you know, as a daughter, Mm Whenever I take things, bring that wonder into my own needs, Mm -hmm. it distorts, I think, my perspective and the respect that I bring into the situation, like the respect for the other person. Um, So I love this conversation about bringing that wonder and learning from those relationships that you are in, in a way that we all grow from from that curiosity.
1: Um, yeah.
2: What I've learned along the way is I have a mug over here that says, enjoy the journey. And I really, really try to do that. No matter what the situation is, is to figure out what in this piece that is, What am I learning, right? What am I learning when things feel stressful? And how can I really enjoy the people that I'm around, whether that's my family, whether that's my friends, whether those are colleagues, how can I really take it all in? As you said, not take it personally if someone doesn't agree with me. Because that's what makes the world go round, right? We have all these different opinions. We have all these different places we've come from. But when we can bring it together in a circle of respect, I think it's amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's great.
1: I was just thinking about, um, as I was listening to both of you talk about this topic, was, um, you know, when, when, because oftentimes, I know in, in families, there's repeated patterns that that we get stuck in and we do them over and over again and we can't seem to get out. And I think just bringing that curiosity of how did we get in this pattern? or How did we get in the habit of ending up here? Allows us to like look at, like it was a collective experience that we got here, right? Oftentimes we're just mad at the kids or we're mad at, you know, like, and instead, like, how did we get here brings that again, sense of wonder. It's a pause. It's a not taking it personally. We all had a part in all of this and, and just to dissect, how did we get here? And to even, you know, if the, if the kids are old enough or you can do it well is to even introduce that conversation because it gives them an opportunity to think about that and look at both sides, right? What did I do? What did you do? How did we get here together, right?
2: Yeah. Yes. And I think that's that's so powerful, what you just said, Laurel, is to get them involved. It is to say like, I don't like where we're at right now. Right. How about you? Because they probably don't like it either. So how can we look at this from a different perspective and how can we, we change together? right to have each other's input and that i would believe in in any relationship with people that we really cherish is let's figure this out together yeah 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 and uh, i think
1: that so so terry i want to come back to um uh a lot of times you know people are dealing with Uh, anger situations where people are really angry and I feel like that's sometimes one of the hardest things to encounter any tips on you know how to work with that in a good boundary kind of way you know um, if we encounter that with somebody else or you know it might not be appropriate to do it at uh, like a Thanksgiving dinner table but to like to help kind of get out of that pattern with somebody right yeah to begin to work towards that.
2: One of the things that I find incredibly um, helpful, especially if someone is continually angry, is to journal, is to write down what it is that you are so angry about. Because when you start to put it into writing, number one, it's it's a flow of energy that's going onto the page. And then you can actually look at it and say, oh, is this really what I'm angry at? Because many times... We get triggered by maybe a certain word or a certain phrase or a person or a something. And that's not really what we're upset about. There's really something underlying there. So if that person is willing to do that, and it sometimes it's just a few sentences, like I'm really upset because... And then if you let that flow of consciousness go, if at the moment, you know, someone is really angry, once again, it's like just removing yourself from that situation and saying, okay, we're going to be together for a few hours. What can I do to make the most of this be rememberable in a good way, right? And it's only, we only have control over ourselves and what we're going to do and control over how we react to others, So we can't stop somebody from being angry, but if we, if there are children, we can help give them some tools. If they're a friend in the moment, it's kind of hard, but sometimes it's just diffusing the situation by asking them to go take a walk outside for a few minutes. Right. Once again, like getting them out of that immediate um, response of I'm angry about this, because as you said, it could be a habit from a long time ago in what truly is what truly is the issue underneath and very often it's fear of something anger is usually got fear underneath it
1: yeah yeah do you think it's um appropriate like uh you know let's say it's a it's been a habit for a long time when you're together that you end up mad at one another or whatever that if you use your mindset technique and just like say before you go in I'm not going to be in an argument with so-and-so today. If they're angry at me, I'm just going to say, well, I don't know. Look, I don't, I don't don't want to be angry with each other today. Let's just enjoy the day as best we can. Or you like to have your mindset of how you're going to handle it ahead of
2: time. Absolutely. I think that's incredibly powerful. It's like, I'm going to enjoy the day. This is what I want. And I don't have to engage with somebody that's angry. Um, And, you can go in and you can actually say, I'm really excited to be here, right? I'm really happy to see you. You just set the groundwork. You've done it in your mind and then you bring that energy into the into the room. If you go in with intrepidation, people feel that energy. Like we feel each other's energy. So if you go in with like, I am really happy to see you and see where that goes. It's hard to be around happy people and be angry, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: or it ticks off your anger even more. <laughs> right? Like, I want to be angry, I'm not angry. I mean, I want to be happy and I'm not happy. <laughs> well: that,
0: Yes, yeah. that's, that's what came to mind for me when Terry, when you said that, you know it's hard to be angry when you're around happy people, but so many people enter into a situation the opposite, saying it's hard to be happy when you know, I'm around angry people. So I love just that yeah. flip oh, yeah.
1: flip. What's yeah. so hard about yeah. being healthy? Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay, Laurel. Any other questions for Terry before we wrap up today? What else is coming up for you as we as we kind of? Yeah, you know, our listeners. I, guess, I
0: think I think just the, the one. You know, I love the conversation about the respect. You know, and and with teenagers in particular, or or children, regardless of the age, right? Um, but what. What suggestions might you have for our listeners who are having a hard time with the, I'll say, transition into the next phase of a relationship, right? So often as parents, we see ourselves as whether it's the authority or the expert or the guardian. And mm-hmm. and whatever tips you might have for our listeners on how do you transition gracefully into whatever that next phase of of relationship is with your children?
2: I have a couple of thoughts. One thought is to be the sounding board for our children, to let them know that we're here to listen. We're not here to fix. We're not here to solve their problems, but we're here to be a sounding board and that when we give them that grace, they're much more likely to tell us what's on their minds. The other piece that I think is really important is doing things with your ch- grown children that you both love to do together. Because that brings together a common ground. So if you both love to go to the movies, or you both love to go shopping, or you both love to read books, or you both love to go fishing, whatever it is, bringing yourselves together in something you absolutely love is going to automatically open up the neural pathways in your brain to bring on communication. And it's going to be likely respectful right respectful and respectable (laughs) because you're doing something that you enjoy doing together so I think that as opposed to like I'm the mom and I'm down here I'm looking down on you and trying to help you it's kind of leveling off it's like okay we're not peers but we can be friends and we don't always have to agree on everything but I am here for you as a mom, I think when you're a mom, at least in my experience, I always want to be there for my children. Does it mean I can resolve their problems? No. But I certainly can listen.
0: I love those. And both of those I have found in my own parenting experience. You know, when when my children, I have two girls, they're two years apart, when they were in college, you know, each of them I learned really quickly to ask the question. Do you need me to listen, or do you need me to f- fix this? Right? Am I am I a solution finder, or am I a listener? And when I started asking that question, they would tell me exactly what they needed. It it didn't put me in a position where I was misinterpreting their needs. Um, and then on the other side, you know the the doing things in, that you both enjoy. I've done that many many years with my children. Um. My husband, who is my daughter's stepfather, when my girls were middle school, he's a man who grew up with no sisters. And so he was a little frightened or panicked, as some men are, about having teenage daughters. And I I told him, you need to find two things that you have in common with each of them and actively participate in those things. And it changed his relationship with them. And more importantly, it changed their relationship with him. Um, and so I love this conversation. We could probably talk all day about this. Oh, I but
1: know. I you know. know. It's beautiful I love that. So good. Yeah, so good. that was great. I was thinking too, um, you know, as I was listening to both of you was, you know, for many of us who might feel overwhelmed or there's too much to do all the time is to like take, take some time you know, with yourself to really sit down with your journal and think about, um, you know, where are the places that you could start to move out of doing and become more of a sounding board, become more of a, just a good listener, right. And less active. Cause I think a lot of us, you know, as women, right. We get our we get our, you know, feelings of uh, of self-esteem or, or worthiness from doing for others or solving problems. And, you know, at some point that kind of runs its course, if, you, if you're if you a good parent, right? You're not supposed to be doing that anymore. The kids are supposed to solve their own problems. And so, you know, how do you start to transition out of that? And that, that's a great um, way for, that would be a great exercise for anyone who's feeling like overwhelmed, right? And to just sit down and start to think about where can you think about doing things differently instead of showing up as the doer as the fixer as the whatever you know how can you become you know skilled in just being present being a listener being being mindful helping others take a breath <laughs> yeah i love that love that
2: me too i just okay. love that and instead of being <sighs> doing we're human beings <laughs>
1: Yes, 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 yes. We have a nice little meditation on that, that we put out in September. Yes, So go back and visit that one. That's a really good one. Terry, we can't thank you enough for taking some time with us today and sharing some of your wisdom with our listeners and um, hopefully, hopefully helping people get through the holidays with feeling a little more healthy and a little more wise and some good ideas to go in and show up a little differently maybe this year yeah
2: yeah um, and it has been my pleasure speaking with both of you, and I wish you a an amazing Thanksgiving full of love and joy and gratitude. Thank you, Terry. you too. Yeah.
0: And just one note more note, Laurel, to our listeners. Mm-hmm. If they want to know how to reach Terry, how to find yes. Terry, check the show notes. We'll have some information about how to follow her in all her good work. Absolutely
1: yes okay everybody off we go thanks for being with us today happy holidays if you're celebrating this week and we'll see you next time bye thanks terry thank you did you know that we're both life coaches it would be an honor to work with you when you're ready to dig into your own beautiful work you'll find our contact information in the show notes we're glad you're with us on this journey If you're ready to dive deeper into the beautiful work, join us in our private Facebook group where we continue the conversation and support one another in our inner work. Thanks for being here with us at Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life. As you do your beautiful work, know that we're here for you. Are there topics you'd like us to explore? Send us an email. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best compliment we receive is when you share the podcast with a friend. We're glad you're with us to elevate the conversation and open up new pathways for all of us.